back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Owls. What's up, Luke? Not much, man. Glad to be back on. It's been a while, and uh, glad to say I'm back in the city of champions. I'm in Boston right now for some vacation, so feeling good right now being back in the hometown. Nice. Excellent, my friend. Uh, Joel, what's going on, man? What do you got to say about Boston being the city of champions? I only have one thing to say about Boston being the city of champions. Boo. <laughs> boo <Boo-hoo> and boo. <laughs> well, I, I, it's, the only, it's the only city that I can think of in recent history that's, that's won championships in all four sports. So I, I would say that I, – I, <laughs> I would say Luke's not wrong here. <laughs> like – so I could. Um, I mean, I have to be right about it. <laughs> well, I mean, the Knicks haven't won in a while. I'm just saying, like you know, um, you Atlanta. Atlanta is not the city of. Atlanta's the city of uh, of squandered opportunity. Almost. So <laughs> yeah, it's the city of almost. Thank you. That that's 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 exactly what we are the city of almost um we're we're like uh what's that uh, it fucking what's that movie um oh shit uh the one uh apocalypto that that yeah. is that he names the dude almost is like olak is like almost uh, that's that's atlanta that's that's exactly what we are we're we're that fucking guy and then at the end, we don't really win. We just wander back off into the jungle to, like, live our lives away from all the fucking madness. That's that's pretty much how we roll down here in Atlanta. Um, <laughs> I took that metaphor a little too far, but uh, we'll just roll with it. Um, anyway, we are back. Uh, it's been a little bit of a hiatus for us. Um, and uh, Luke hadn't been back for uh, for a while, so really nice to have you on again, Luke. Uh, so let's jump into it, fellas. We got a lot of topics to discuss, uh, so let's get into it. Number one, Rodney Hood. After so there were like reports that came out that he was like securing a three-year, twenty-seven million dollar contract, and I even heard that like. Uh, like or saw it confirmed uh, via um, one source. I don't remember what it was, um, but apparently that is not the case. He ended up accepting his $3.4 million qualifying offer, uh, which makes him an unrestricted free agent next season. What do you think about Hood's deal, Luke? And do you like, do you think that Cleveland should have maybe tried to invest in him a little more long-term if, a three-year, $27 million contract, you know, was on the table as far as his camp was concerned? Um, or, or or do you think they made the right decision in, in going with the qualifying offer? I mean, in a sense, yeah, they kind of did by <clears throat> saving some money. And, you know, Hood kind of had this weird trade year last year where he played on the Jazz, and you could kind of tell they weren't going in his direction. They were terrible when he was out there defensively. And all that, and then he gets traded over to Cleveland. He just doesn't really ever fit. He's a good scorer, but not defense. So you, you get the good thing where you're not investing money. But I kind of wish they would have just settled down. I mean, he's a young player. Uh, three years is not a bad deal, but it could be Hood's camp just not thinking that deal's good enough and wanting wanting right. to bet on him. I mean, possibly doing a New Orleans Noel. I mean, you you hope for the best for these kids because you know they're really putting in a lot. Like just, you know, they're going to bet on themselves going into this qualifying year. 
see where the try uh you know what kind of what they can get in the next free agency instead of just settling for a three years. So it could go either way. Um, I hope I, Hood's a good player. I mean, you saw it in the playoffs. He's not good defensively, but he can score. And I mean, Cleveland right now they need scoring, and he could do really good wonders for that young team. Um, now kind of run by Kevin Love. So I think Cleveland probably did want to get that deal done, but they're also fine with signing the qualifying offer because they still have money to spend next year and all that. So it's not a win-win for Cleveland. I'm sure they'd rather have him for three years, $9 million a year. But I think Hood just – his camp just knows that year last year was kind of weird for him. He didn't have solid playing time. He didn't really get to prove himself. And I think this upcoming year they really do think – Cleveland's going to make him a big part of their whole offense, and he'll be able to show himself. Yeah, Hood's camp is like, hey, man, take this qualifying offer, and we will get you that $20 million contract next season. By the way, it's in Sacramento. Uh, yeah, they whispered that part. <laughs> um, that's exactly what it's going to be. Uh... Yeah, that's, that's, that's the only place you're going to make money, Rodney. Sorry to tell you. Um, but, yeah. hey, man, uh, more power to him if he wants to go there. By all means, do it. Um, but, uh, here. like, I, I see Rodney Hood as like a T.J. Warren. Um, T.J. Warren's like a very effective six-man type player. It's instant offense off the bench. Um, probably can get his own bucket a little better than Rodney Hood, but like they're they're on par with each other um, offensively, and neither one are great defenders. Um, and you know we we have seen T.J. Warren on a really shitty team for a long time, um, so it's it's you know if if Rodney Hood was on a really shitty team like that, he would probably have um, inflated numbers like T.J. Warren does. Uh, but no, I mean I see them as very similar, and I think. Given the market, um, given what T.J. Warren got, which was like like ten, eleven million dollars a season, some, somewhere in that range, I think he's at eleven and a half this season. Um, and given what the market is, and the fact that Hood was Hood was due nine million, like that's that's probably not too too shabby for Rodney Hood. I mean, that's that's probably right in the in the number you were going to get. And uh, you know, I I, I kind of you know for this off season, kind of compared it to Jeremy Grant, who got you know, that exact same deal. He got three years, $27 million. And I see Rodney Hood as a very similar, I mean, different um, style of player, obviously, but very similar as far as, like, um, like, like if you were to give them an overall rating, um, you know, on their, on their skill set, um, I feel like they would be pretty close to one another. Uh, but, Joel, what did you think um, about, uh, you know, Hood, Hood signing a qualifying offer, um, and and do you think, you know, what do you think about the three years, $27 million? Does that seem like, you know, a, a fair um, deal as far as you're concerned on both ends? Um, and do you think, you know, that uh, Cleveland probably wanted it, but, but maybe Hood's camp didn't? Or, or do you think maybe Hood wanted more? Or, you know, what, what's your thoughts on this yeah. whole spiel? No, I think that's exactly what happened. I think Hood wanted more, uh, and uh, they didn't – like giving him more, and I don't think there was a market for it, and so they didn't feel obligated to, to raise the stakes for him. He wasn't in demand. He kind of did that to himself after the, what happened in the playoffs. So yeah. it, it soured teams against him, and I feel bad for him because he, I think he is talented. I really liked him when he was at Utah. Um, he was a six-man of the year candidate at one point. I mean, right, exactly. So he was, he was like he was 
now it doesn't matter, but now he's in Cleveland. Right. He's a good place for him to do it. He showed he showed signs last year, even in the playoffs, that he has talent. It's just you know he's inconsistent. Uh, he's not again not a bad player. Like he has the length to be a good defender. It's, it's just a matter of will. You know he probably needs a better coach to light a fire up his ass. That's really what it comes down to. You know what I mean? So are you trying to say Ty Lue is not a good coach? I'm trying to say uh, <laughs> no. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. No, no. Um, <laughs> Um, look, he's a good dude. Tyler's a good dude. He's decent. We'll find – you don't want to know if uh, Tyler's a good coach? We'll find out this season. How about that? If they don't make the playoffs, right. man, good coach. Right? I mean, we but we all think they're going to make the playoffs, so I can't imagine. I don't. Um, yeah, well, I think they will. <laughs> so they should. There's no way they shouldn't. Um, I don't know, man. But, I, got, I, got, uh, I got Detroit in front of them. Uh, you know, I have Detroit in front of them. Oh, do you? Okay. Well, who else yeah. do I have? In front oh, wait, 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 wait. I got somebody I else. In front. I got them at nine. No, no, I got them right. at nine. I have them at nine as well. I, I have them. I have them right in between. I have them right in. I think right. I think I have Miami ahead of them too. I think I have them right in between Detroit That's and funny. Charlotte. I have them above Charlotte, but behind Detroit. Yep, I have them also in the same spot. I did not realize that. I thought I had them in the playoffs. I had them right under. <laughs> Okay, so we have the same thing. I didn't realize that. But anyway, I think they have a chance to. I'm not saying they will. Yeah, I do too. But I'm saying they have a chance to, you know? If they play well, I really, this is like a big year for Kevin Love. He's the man now. He's the man again. So it's more on him than anybody else. And this is a good year, because now it's a one-year deal for Rodney Hood, for him to show his shit and go get the contract he wants from Sacramento. I mean, from anybody, you know? <laughs> um, so it's a, it's available to him. I like him. Again, he's a good player. So, I mean – Take, I mean, get, I say they get what you can. They were willing to pay him that kind of money. I think that's a pretty decent offer for the kind of player he is, but they feel like he's better than that. Okay, fine. But this is the year to go out and earn that money that he's in this year and show the teams that he's worth more than that. And I think he can do it because he's going to have the opportunity. There's no problem. Yeah, I think if I had been Hood's camp, I would have said, we'll take that deal, but we get a player option on the third year. And just fucking call it a wash, man. Like two years, eighteen million, and if you do perform well, then you can opt out when the salary cap is going up. All the 2016 contracts are out of the way. Like, because I mean that's the thing. Next season, those 2016 contracts, unless you know they're they've been stretched, like the Luol Deng contract, they're still going to be on the books. They still have one more year left. So like, why not like sign a three-year deal with a third-year player option and play your two years while the salary cap's still kind of fucked up from 16 and then, you know, then hit the market when all that cap money comes off the books. Like, that just seemed like it would make a lot more sense to me. But, hey, you know, like you said, Joel, like, yeah, maybe he's thinking that, you know, he's, he's going to play great this year and, and, you know, earn some kind of contract. But it's it's a competitive year mm-hmm. for free agents. That's the thing. Like, yep. it, a lot of these <laughs> – if a lot of these free agents don't re-sign with their current teams, the cap space is just going to plummet because, like, the, you know, all of these teams that have cap space, you know, if they land these these big marquee players, all the teams that lose those big marquee players aren't going to have the cap space because they're going to already be over the cap. So then you're looking at, right. you know, um, you know, a eight nine million dollar um, deal, you know. 
maybe, and it's like, dude, you could have just got that if you just signed, and you would have made $9 million this year too. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I I definitely would have taken the three-year $27 million contract if I if I had been hood. Um, but anyway, uh, Luke, did you have anything more to add before we move on? I was just going to say quickly, do you think Hood also – we, I mean, I think we're all in agreement. He's better as a sixth man. But do you think he kind of wants to be a starter and wants to show, yeah. like, you know, there's a big spot open in Cleveland right now. I think he's better in second units, and he'd be a lot better if he just ran the sixth man and was, like, really competed to be a sixth man of the year. But do you think he just really wants to be a starter too? And that could have been a – like, no other teams out there were giving him a starter role at first, and he's like, well, I'm also going to bet on that, mm-hmm. that I can be a starter. Cause that's, I think he's, he'd be a better six-man, but I think his mindset is so, still young. He thinks he can be out there and the first, you know, with the first rotation yeah. and all that. I agree with that. I, I think, yeah, I think he probably does think that, and I think he can be a starting shooting guard. I don't think he can be a small forward. He didn't have the – him the muscle for it. He's skinny, man. That guy has no muscle. Like any like any like dominant small forward in the league, and and I, we could just say semi dominant. Like you don't even have to be like really dominant, but like he can get bullied by a lot of guys. Like just take a guy like say PJ Tucker for example. Like PJ Tucker would bully the shit out of Hood, both on the offensive and defensive end. Like. He needs to be a shooting guard. He doesn't have the build. He's got the height to be a small forward, um, but he just he doesn't have the the build uh, physically to to be a small forward. He needs to play the two, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, they're probably going to play him at the three because they're just so they 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 lack depth at the three. I mean, they pretty much have uh, Osman and um, Sam Decker Osman, yeah. as of now. So oh my god, I, mean, I forgot they had Sam Decker. Yeah, yeah, they picked him up. Um, but, uh, but I mean, you you and I have had this conversation before, Joel. Like, Sam Decker, in the way the league's going, he's probably more long-term a, a stretch four than anything. Like, he's probably yeah, a really three. Sure. So, like, yeah. they, they really don't have depth at that position. So, you're probably going to see Hood get a lot of minutes there, and I, I don't think that's necessarily beneficial to him. I think he really needs to be playing the two. Um so to answer your question, Luke, I don't think it really matters if he comes off the bench or doesn't. I I would not want him guarding opposing small forwards. <laughs> like that's the biggest thing. Like I I don't want him having to do that if I'm the coach. But um, that's probably what they're gonna have him do, and it's probably gonna maybe not look make him look so great. So, but uh, we'll we'll see how that works out. Uh, but anyway, let's move on uh, to our second topic. Devin Booker, he got hurt. Uh, he's apparently uh, getting surgery on an injured hand. I don't know if it's a left or his right, um, but he's out indefinitely. Uh, so no no timetable as of right now. I mean, he could be back by the start of the season. He could be gone for, you know, up to a month of the beginning of the season. Like, we just don't know right now. Um, and also, the Suns, they've kind of pivoted away from targeting, you know, these, these prime point guard um uh, uh, players uh, to trade for in uh, Damian Lillard, Kemba Walker, and Terry Rozier, um, who were the big names on their list to begin with and are reportedly now targeting the likes of Patrick Beverly, Corey Joseph, and Spencer Dinwiddie uh, as far as trades. Guys, it, it, I, I kind of have two questions. 
One, um, do you think Patrick Beverly, Corey Joseph, or Spencer Dinwiddie, um, or, or, or any of any of whom, or do you think any of those guys are, are good bets uh, for the Suns as far as um, you know helping them this season, but also being effective long term? And two, like, are the Suns just a little like? A little too antsy. Like you're you're building something. You, you've had great draft picks, um, but you know you just made this Ryan Anderson trade that is, is a little suspect. And now you're you're going hard for a point guard. And now Devin Booker is going to be out for God knows how long. Like it 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 it, it seems like God is trying to tell you something, Phoenix. And maybe you should listen. Uh, but anyway, Joel, what are your thoughts? On uh, all of this, uh, uh, all of this shit going down in Phoenix. Oh well, you know, they're 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 looking. You know, they this is exactly what they need. They need a vet starting point guard, or they need they need a starting point guard. You know, right now, as well. Yeah. Isaiah Cannon is the only viable option. No, nah, Cannon's like, not, not even signed. Cannon's not even signed. No. That's ridiculous. Now, um, honestly, their best point guard right now is probably Shaquille Harris. <laughs> Shaquille Harris, and yeah. uh, that's, that's sad. Uh, yeah. Oh, their second round pick. What's his name? Uh, Ilya Kobo. Yeah, Kobo. So damn. If that's ridiculous. All right, so I like um, I yeah. like that cat. I like him long term. I just don't think he's ready. Yeah, I do too. Exactly. You can't start them. They're not starters right, right. now. They, they need to yeah. develop. Um. So yeah, that here it is. I think personally, any those three names, all good, all decent players. I, none of them, I think, I think they're all good. Not they're barely starters though. <laughs> they're all like good role players. Like uh, I love Patrick Beverly, but is he a starter? Yeah. Borderline, really good defensive player. Um, can play off the ball, can play a little bit on the ball, but he's more of a role player. Uh, same thing with Corey Joseph. I really like him. Spencer Dinwiddie had a great fucking season. I, I mean, I'd be very surprised if the Nets uh, I mean, uh, let go of him, unless, of course, there was a decent package involved. Um, so, I, I mean, any of those would be a good get, and they, they'd automatically be starters <laughs> on that team, on that Suns team. Right, um, yeah. So, if they, could pull, if they could pull it off, go for it. But none of them are going to be long-term for um for that position. They need something more um stable, concrete. Uh none of those three guys are uh, what I call a uh a viable long-term option. Yeah, I mean I I would agree with you there. I mean, I think out of those three guys, I think Spencer Dinwiddie would make the most sense as far as viable long-term option. Um but man, he's it's kind of like it's kind of like the the conversation that Juwan and I had um uh like a week or two ago about you know, trying to trying to put like Kimball Walker on a team like that, um, mm-hmm. like you're Dinwiddie's scoring guard, um, and and you know you yeah. probably want you know somebody who could more facilitate. Not to mention Dinwiddie's on an expiring contract and an unrestricted free agent after this season. Um, so is Patrick Beverly. So is Corey Joseph. So it's like you're 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 looking at all guys who could leave you in a season, how much you're going to really give up for any one of those guys. Right. Now, exactly. I, I, I think what they're banking on is they're not going to have to give up a whole hell of a lot to get any one of those particular guys. But, I mean, obviously these teams aren't just going to give them away. So, but, yeah, I, 
I don't know. I I think other than drafting DeAndre Ayton, well, and I, I really like them drafting uh, uh, Ilya Kova. But other than that, yeah. like the Suns have been like the most incompetent team this offseason. Like you 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 trade for Mikael Bridges, a position that you're stacked at. Uh, and you give up the unprotected 2021 Miami Heat pick, um, and Zaire Smith, who, granted, he got hurt this offseason, but Zaire Smith could be, and I think probably will be better than Mikael Bridges long-term. He at least has, he, his athletic upside is way higher. Um, like So it, it, as far as just a prospect is concerned, um, he's a better well, if prospect. If you knew Zaire Smith, was uh, the future when he got hurt as soon as he went to Philly. You knew that was, that was there like the right on the wall. That's <laughs> how it happened. Um, but, uh, and then they, and then they make this Ryan Anderson trade, which granted, you know, we, we discussed this, uh, Joel, uh, the fact that Anderson was willing to leave uh, uh, basically the same amount of money on the table as was um, Brandon Knight's contract next year. Um, as far as guaranteed money, so they can waive him next season, and it wouldn't cost him any more than it would to just have Brandon Knight. But you still gave up on Marquise Chris. Like, that's the thing. Like, you gave up on a guy, and you didn't yep, get anything did. in return for that. So, like, you traded one shitty player for another shitty player. Um, and, you, yes, I like DeAnthony Melton, but, like, yeah. I, it, I like him a lot, actually. Like, I, I, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I, I think he's got. I've said it before. I think he's got that kind of Jordan Clarkson potential. I think he could be that kind of spark plug six man, um, combo guard off the bench. But like, still, it just seems like a lot. It seems like for a team that was so desperate to get rid of Ryan Anderson, and the fact that you were giving them a guy like Marquise Chris, and we haven't seen anything from DeAnthony Melton, and we have have at least seen spurts from Marquise Chris. It's like. You think right. you would have been able to get some kind of extra compensation out of that? Um, yeah, I was surprised. So, honestly, yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, I, and let me just say one more thing before I pass it to you, Luke. Um, like, we've we've heard it repetitively from Phoenix the past, you know, two three weeks. Like, they really in the in the, you know, um, in the, the the trading talks. Like. They really, really want to get a starting point guard. Where was all this we need a starting point guard shit when Dennis Schroeder was on the fucking block and, and going for absolutely fucking nothing? Like, dude, you probably could have – if you had given the Hawks an expiring contract and that Milwaukee pick, like, they totally would have taken that. They took Carmelo Anthony, um, and that was like – they had to take on $10 million extra dollars this season – and a further uh, first-round pick and probably one that's not as good and one with a much worse protection. So, like, you could have gotten uh, Dennis Schroeder for, you know, say, uh, Jared Dudley, who you just traded away. Like, he's not on your roster anymore. So, like, Jared mm-hmm. Dudley, and let's throw in, uh, what's that uh, cat's name? Troy Daniels. Like, that would have made the money work. And you're not – Troy Daniels ain't going to fucking play. He's an expiring contract. Um, and you got too much depth in that region anyway. So, like, you could have you could have thrown out Dudley and, and Williams and that Milwaukee pick, and you would have your starting point guard, and you'd be totally fine. <laughs> you would have a lineup of Dennis Schroeder, uh, uh, Devin Booker, um, and then the rest of all your guys who you signed. So, like – 
like it, it just it's it's utter incompetence to me. Like, why are you all of a sudden now trying so hard to get a starting point guard when there was a viable starting point guard available like a month ago? Um, that everybody knew the Hawks were desperate to get rid of. Everybody knew it the minute they drafted Trey Young. So I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. And if you look at, if you just like look at the offer that they accepted from OKC, there's no doubt in my mind that Phoenix could have made a better offer that would have serviced their team as well. So I don't know, man. I think Phoenix is raising up the ranks as far as the most incompetent team. Sacramento, they got they got to run for their money down there in Phoenix. Um, but anyway, Luke, I digress. Um, what do you think about uh, you know all all of what's going on in Phoenix? Them trying to get a starting point guard, the names I listed out, and the fact that Booker's hurt. And do you think maybe they're kind of trying to go all in a little too quickly? No, yeah, they're definitely being over-antsy about this. I mean, I didn't understand, too. If you really want a point guard, you should have just drafted one in the beginning and gotten the third uh, holiday brother when DeAndre Ayton kind of made himself look like a a jerk up on stage when he really was hoping that they drafted him, and then they did that trade. But, yeah, they're just being over-antsy. All the names you said, too, I don't see any of the teams really, like, like you said, yeah, they're all on expiring contracts, but – Corey Joseph is actually a very viable thing to the Pacers. Yes. I don't see Indiana just being like, yeah, we're cool with just deucing out with Corey. And Spencer Dinwiddie did a lot for the Nets last year. And yes, Patrick he Beverly got hurt, but I still don't believe Clippers want to just trade Patrick Beverly. So I think they need a game manager. And none of those, I mean, besides Corey Joseph, the game manager, but I just don't really see a lot out of him. I mean, if they really want right. to be super antsy, and I, I actually think he'd be pretty decent would be George Hill. I mean, George Hill's not a bad point guard if you can get what he did with the Jazz a couple of years ago. I mean, if you don't want to invest long term, he's got this Last first year, year this, just, this year contract, but then he's a $1 million, so you could definitely get rid of that next year if they want to do all this. But I think they're being over-antsy about it. Um, they should have just – Brandon Knight, too. Why don't you just see what he could get out of him? I didn't really right. understand the trade that they did with Houston. It really scratched, it was a, just a head scratcher all around. I mean, you gave up on Marquise Chris, even though I'll give this that Chris at times just looks completely lost out there. He looks like he yeah. might not even have any motivation, but so does a Jordan Bender. I mean, I was not impressed at all with Bender in, in his third year in summer league. He looked just terrible, but you can't trade uh-huh. away the third round pick. But I mean, it's just, Phoenix is looking pretty bad running. Um, they're up there with the uh, guys love the Basha on Sacramento, but you got you can't forget the other team that also doesn't know what it's doing with their point guard position, and that's the Orlando Magic. Phoenix and Orlando are just <laughs> yeah. lost. Like, what are you doing? They're just like, we're just going to run bigs, and that's what we're going to do, but no one's going to pass or game manage it. Uh-huh. I think they really messed up this year. They really kind of, you know, if you want to go low risk, could be high reward and you want to see if this team could compete, why not make a run at Rondo? Rondo just did a really good things with New Orleans, and Rondo is a, a facilitator. He's not going to take the ball out of Booker's hands, so that he would have been a good – I mean, L.A. got him on the one-year deal, so there's just a lot of things Phoenix did wrong. They're trying to now – Yeah, and they could have taken that Trevor Ariza money and thrown it at Rondo. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they're just like, you know, they're just doing foolish things for a long time now. 
They're trying to like put all their chips in right before the season, but why? Your team's not going to compete. I'm sorry, Phoenix. You guys are good, and you'll be good in a couple of years, but I don't know what's the fixation that we have to make a run for the playoffs. The West is really good, and why not get yeah. one more? It's not like you don't own your draft pick, so you, don't, you have nothing to play for. Why not get another top three? I know your fan base is probably done, like – you know, they're not happy with it in Booker, but Booker's about to sign the Supermax, so he's happy with the money, and you just drafted DeAndre Ayton, so why don't you try to get another decent draft pick and really just not worry about competing? I mean, Booker broke his right hand. I'm pretty sure he's right-handed. He's out for six weeks, so I don't think it's that serious, but, I mean, I'm not rushing him back, nor they have that idea, oh, he's going to play point guard right now. Nope, I would not play you a point guard. I'm not putting any more stress on your hand. You're a shooter, and you score buckets. I'm, uh, yeah, so Phoenix is just, I don't think they know what they're doing right now. They're getting over antsy. They're thinking they need to compete when they're really not even close to competing yet. So I just think everything, they just, they want to appease Booker and let them show him that they actually do want to build, but just wait a little bit. I mean, next year, you you don't have that much money. You have, I mean, that much money that you on the books, so you're going to have money to spend next year, and that's really good. I mean, I would just get a game, you know, manager. I don't – you know, some of the point guards that they've named looking at are, are scoring first, and I just don't think if you already have Devin Booker, who's that player, and you have a DeAndre down low, that's not going to work out when you should just get a guy who's really good at game management. I think Cleveland would consider trading George Hill on on a very cheap, cheap like thing. I mean, it wouldn't take that much to get him off of him. I don't see Cleveland. I miss unless they think that he's going to be the mentor or to Colin Sexton for a year and that. But I mean, he would be. Not, if you want to kind of compete, but I see him at best being the tenth seed in the West. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, if you keep George Hill and you use him as a mentor, which makes sense. You know, in some in some ways, but then what do you do with Clarkson for the meantime? Like, are you just gonna like is Clarkson just gonna have a bunch of you know uh, DMP coaches' decisions? Like, I, I guess because I mean he's not gonna have any minutes. You want to give Sexton minutes? So I mean, yeah, I think they probably should trade George Hill. I mean, there's a lot of various George Hill trades that I, I've kind of um, looked into. Um, still my favorite is, is Hill for Hardaway. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, Hey, I, it's, it's, it's a big cap saver for, uh, well, and, and the, the, the quid pro quo of that deal would be also, you got to take Courtney Lee's contract. Um, so New York could free up a bunch of, yeah, a bunch (laughs) of cap space. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, New York would take J.R. Smith off their hands who, they could buy out it wouldn't cost them hardly anything as far as next season's uh, cap. Uh, but nevertheless, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think George Hill would be good. Out of all, out of all those guys they mentioned, I, I think I like Pat Beverly the most um, just because he's a really good defender. And at least if you had, if you had Patrick Beverly, Trevor Reza, Josh Jackson, um, you know, you got, you got some good defenders around Devin Booker. And you know that that would be very beneficial. Um, whereas you know those other guys, I don't I don't see it. like 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 you said like Corey Joseph. He 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 is a kind of a facilitator, but I mean he's a backup point guard in, in any any scope of the imagination. Like at least Pat Beverly has like solid 
Like he's like Corey Joseph has always been a backup point guard. Pat Beverly has at least started a lot of games in his career. Um, he's probably not a mm-hmm. starter anymore um, on most teams, but I mean I think he could be a, would be a very you know good starter for Phoenix. Um, and the fact that he's you know you know such a good defender, but uh, but yeah, I mean it still raises the question. He's he is not a facilitator like uh, in under no circumstances. Like I mean the fact that the reason why he he ended up playing so well in uh, Houston was because they started to kind of transition Harden into that facilitator, which meant Patrick Beverly could play off ball, catch and shoot, play defense, bring the ball up from time to time. Um, so, I mean, essentially if you got him, it's basically like you'd be asking Devin Booker to do what James Harden did. Because um, that's the only way that it would really be optimal for the team. Um but uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Phoenix ends up doing because man, they got a they got a lot of fucking shit to to work out. That's that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, Kawhi Leonard bought a house in Toronto. He's staying in Toronto. Calling it now. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but he did buy a house in Toronto, and if you're only planning on staying for a year, you're probably not gonna buy a house. Like if you if you were to move somewhere and you were like, I don't know if I'll be here. I, I'm definitely going to be here for a year, but I don't know if I'll be here any longer. Like, typically the thing you do is rent a house for, you know, that period of time. Kawhi just, Kawhi just bought one. Uh, do you read anything into this, Luke, as far as this could possibly mean that maybe Kawhi is already content uh, in Toronto, or at the very least, um, do you think that uh, do you think Toronto at least is the odds-on favorite uh, to have Kawhi Leonard on their basketball team next season? So, reading into it, I'm going to go with the yes and no answer. I know that really doesn't help, but I mean, I mean, he needs a place to live. So no matter what, yeah, he could have rented a house and all that, but he's going to need a place to live in. Toronto's actually a beautiful city. I mean, it's not like he got traded there in the dead winter. I mean, he got traded there in summer, so he might have been like, oh, it's actually a very pretty city. I mean, he's got a lot to do, I mean, in that whole city and, and like, food and all that. So it's actually Mm -hmm. a very, like, nice city to go to, and it's a big city. So I think, you know, he's definitely going to consider it. I think he wants to show good face with this organization, too, and its fan base. I mean, He's really got a bad taste all around in the NBA, so I think it's a good move that like that. But I also think he will consider staying with the Raptors. I mean, not hands-down favorite, but I think what he's kind of done to his name, that's not Kawhi Leonard. I don't think Kawhi Leonard wants to be that guy. I think he really just wants to play basketball and all that. And something's happened, and he just lost trust, and he had to go with his gut, but the way it shook out. But I think, you know, he might actually consider staying in Toronto Hey, you know, I just think he just wants to go back to playing basketball and being that player that's like that quiet assassin superstar is just great all around and just enjoy watching him play. So I think, too, he kind of wants to help his name and his brand and all that. You know, he's been talking about his brand and he wants to get more money in shoes and all that. So I think, you know, he's going in the right direction of just going back to the old Leonard that we all love. That's a great basketball player. I want to see him healthy, so... I think it is, it, it's a good thing if you're a Toronto fan, if you can definitely read into that, hey, we, he's got a house here, so that could be long-term. So I think, you know, if, if 
if I'm Raptors, I'm, I'm happy that he's actually bought the house. It's starting to show that, hey, I don't actually mind. I didn't mind getting traded here. I'm not going to sit down on you guys. We're going to give this a go, and let's see how it goes. And I'm kind of somewhat committed with this house right now, so that's showing you that I'm not just going to be here just thinking about how good I can boost my stats to get traded. or I mean, not get traded, get a sign a contract instantly and leave instantly. So it, it's a good thing, and I, I just I like it because Kawhi Leonard – Lately, I don't like to talk bad about Kawhi. I, I've always thought he's a great basketball player. I mean, he just plays the game just just really good. You don't really hear him say anything, which is just really, you know, it's fun to watch, you know, a superstar like that. And then he just kind of had this whole thing with this injury. And just no one really will know, and I don't think we will know for a while what all went down. But I just think this is just helping his brand out and helping his name and just showing you know, I'm, I'm, I want to go back to what I was and being a basketball player. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, first off, I completely agree with you. I think I, I wouldn't be jumping to any conclusions, but I think at the very least it's safe to assume that um, he is open to the possibility of, uh, of, you know, playing there this season. He's excited about it, and, you know, if, if – they they have a good run. I, I, I certainly think that um, you know he he's willing to to uh, to you know resign and, and and stay there at least. Like you said, I think you said Luke when we first discussed the trade, like why not sign a one and one? Like there will still be other teams available. There will be other teams with even more cap space available after all these 2016 contracts come off the books. So sign a like hey, try it out for your first year, and if it goes okay sign a one-and-one, and then, you know, you still got all the big pieces there on expiring deals, and then, you know, you can figure out where you go from there. So I, I think that, you know, that that's a distinct possibility. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, 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 like, I like the signs of, of that. As far as uh, Kawhi, um, you know, as far as, like, not wanting to talk shit about him, I don't think anybody wanted to talk shit about Kawhi. It's just like after everything, it made it really hard to like side with Kawhi Leonard. Like after everything that transpired and all of the various stories and everything, and I think any any like we'll never get you know what really happened. We'll just get everybody's versions of the truth and have to kind of decipher from all of those. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's it it, it gave me no pleasure in in. Uh, dogging Kawhi, you know, the couple times that I did, um, you know, this this past year. Um, but, I mean, I just I, – I felt like I had to do it, you know. Like, I mean, for instance, like, I didn't take any pleasure in dogging Kawhi. Like, I won't say I necessarily take pleasure from it, but I, I like, I, I have no um, mixed emotions whatsoever about dogging on KD. Like, like I just don't. Like, I mean – you know, he made his choice and what have you, and that's, that is what it is. But, like, I, I will dog on that all day, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as far as Kawhi, you know, I mean, um, you know, I, I don't know. It is a very, very tricky situation. But, uh, nevertheless, it, it, it very much seemed like, um, you know, a guy who, who quit on his team, um, which is, you know, always kind of a hard pill for me to swallow. Um, but, nevertheless, uh, like you said, we don't, Still don't know exactly what happened. We'll never know exactly what happened. So all we can do now is 
look to the future, and I really, really hope that he um, does very well in Toronto. Um, you know, I uh, I would like to think that we'll have, you know, a, a viable East very soon, um, and, you know, not just Boston and Philly being the teams that are, um, you know, projected long-term successes. Uh, and if he stays in Toronto, I mean, that'll make them really good for a long time. Um, and he can be up there with, um, you know, uh, the, you know, have his team in the top three in the East every year, um, along with, you know, probably Indiana. And, you know, we'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens with Giannis in Milwaukee. That's a very fluid situation. Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, uh, Joel, uh, what are your thoughts on Kawhi buying a house in Toronto? And what do you read into it, if anything? Uh, I- Good for him, you know. You got a new place to stay, but you're right. You don't buy a house unless you plan on, you know, paying for it. And um, I can't imagine there's something to it. I don't want to read too much into it. Like, uh, I hope, hey, look, at the end end of the day, I hope he does stay. I want him to stay in Toronto. Uh, It helps balance out the the, the power in the east and the west. So it's, it's better that he stays. I think Toronto might be a pretty damn good team this year if, we, if everything yeah. works out for them. Um, not that they weren't a bad team last year, but can they get over the hump? That's about It's really about them going over the hump. Can they get over their own hump? Um, so I think he'll be there, and he'll, he's arguably the best player in the Eastern Conference right now if healthy. So it's like, it's, I, I don't know. He got a house, nice. I wouldn't bet my house. <laughs> that he's saying, but I will say uh, there's that that's a positive sign that there's a chance he's thinking about long term in Toronto, and that's a, a beautiful city. It's just like uh, we were saying. So, I mean, all the power to him. I, I hope he stays, but again, you never know with that guy. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You really don't. I mean, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't offer up a lot. Now he will have. Um, his first like um, public uh, like uh, what am I trying to say? He will speak in public for the first time since uh, since basically that little like uh, interview that he had where he said he wanted to be a spur for life. Um, it was a kind of very awkward uh, interview that he had amidst all of the shit that was going on in San Antonio. Um, but that'll be very very soon. I want to say. September 18th, I read that it was. Um, they're going to have a presser, and you know he's going to speak to the press and all that. Um, so that'll be very interesting to see, um, you know, kind of what questions the press ask him. I, I hope they don't focus too much on San Antonio. I hope they focus more on, um, you know, on Toronto and you know what he expects going forward and and all of that kind of stuff. I, I I feel like that I would be much interest more interested in in you know, hearing from them, um, then, you know, well, you know, for the 57th time, what happened in San Antonio? Like, um, you're not going to get anything new out of the guy. Um, like let one person ask it and let's move on. Uh, but anyway, that'll be a very interesting, um, scenario to watch. By the way, Joel, um, I don't, I don't think we've heard from you on this yet. Where do you think Toronto is going to finish in the East this year in the regular season? Um, where did I have them? Um, 
shit. I thought I saved that list. I have it somewhere. I, I think I had them one, two, I think I had them second or third. No, I think I had them third. Second or third, I can't remember. It was two or three. I don't think I had. I think I yeah. had them third, actually. Behind gotcha, uh, Boston gotcha. and Philly. I think this is, uh, you know, first time playing in Toronto. Um, so I'm, I we still don't know 100. I think they're going to be good. They might even be good by default. Um, but I think they'll probably end up being third, at least power ranking-wise. I'm not saying record-wise. You never know. You saw what happened last year. But at least yeah. my power ranking gets an hour. Uh, I definitely have them uh, third on my list behind probably uh, a healthy Boston and a healthy Philly. Yeah, I would agree with that as far as power ranking is concerned. Um, I think Luke and I both had them second as far as record. Um, but as far as power ranking, yeah, I would agree with you. I, I would I would, I would would still have Philly above them. Luke, do you see it that way too? Do you have them third as far as power ranking? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, we had them second, but no, yeah. I mean, Philly is like kind of better like power ranking-wise right now, but I do think – they will fall short of Toronto just because there is a lot of youth to that team. And their bench. I don't know what Philly's bench is looking like right now. Yeah, it's, it, it is a question mark. I, see, I really like Wilson Chandler. I think um, I, I think coming off, coming off the bench, he's going to be really effective. He can play the three. He can play the four. Um, my, my biggest uh, question mark for them is is pretty much like – what are you going to do as far as like, filling in the minutes when Embiid is out? Like in the games, you know, that yeah. you feel like you need to sit him or, or that maybe he's resting or, or maybe he, he, he gets a little, you know, ticky-tack injury and you don't want to take any chances. Because I'm all about like, dude, like play Embiid 60 games. I don't fucking care. The guy, like rest him. Like don't play him back-to-backs. I don't need to see him play him. I don't need to see him play back-to-backs. Like, make sure that he's ready to go in the playoffs. It's, it, it, I, I don't get the argument that, like, like oh, now that he's healthy, you know, we need to see him play 80 games or, you know, 78 games, you know. It's like, dude, no, play 65 games. I don't fucking care, dude. Like, play play 55. <laughs> I really don't care. Like, just, you know, play enough to where you're in the mix and, and everything and, and you're not rusty, but, you know, but if, if that's going to happen – Who's gonna Who's gonna take those minutes as your big? Amir Johnson is not that guy. I mean, he's apparently a great locker room guy and what have you. Um, I thought they made a big mistake trading Rashawn Holmes. I really like Rashawn Holmes. I don't know why they traded him, um, but uh, I, I mean, I thought I thought he could provide you those minutes, you know, like for for when Embiid wasn't playing. Um, because I mean, last year they they had that um, what they call it the. Uh, um, uh, the Interpol, no, it wasn't Interpol. It was uh, the United Nations lineup uh, where uh-huh. I think Il- Ilya Sova played the five. Um, so maybe you could get some of that out of Saric. Um, like maybe Jonah Bolden steps up this season. Um, he's a rookie. Um, maybe he could play some five. Uh, yeah, that's right. They did pick up Mike Muscala. So thank you. I, I had uh, temporarily forgotten about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that would be that would be your answer. Uh, Mike Muscala can give you um, those minutes he he did for Atlanta for a long time. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that would be your guy. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. That there's a lot of um, varying pieces from from what we saw last year. So it'll be interesting to see all that come together. 
Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, Andrew Bynum is trying to make a comeback. He hired an agent, and he wants to set up team meetings uh, in an attempt to come back to the NBA. Um, do, do, uh, Joel, is it, do, I'm, I'm, let me let me ask this in a in a polite way. Um, okay. uh, over under fifty percent. We'll give him fifty percent uh, that Andrew Bynum plays another minute in the NBA. I will give him fifty percent. I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, he, uh-huh. he was good back in the day. He was good. Um, is he? I don't know what he looks like really right now. I know I've seen workout videos. Said a lot of people. I look good in workout videos. Yeah, um, right. Um, I, like I, I just, I don't know. I have to really see if they someone picks him up. Then I think it's worth to try. I mean, there are worse players in my opinion now in, in the league. <laughs> that are that are on rosters, um, that are around his age. So I mean, it, it, he has at least a track record. The problem is, can he stay healthy? People are going to be scared. They're not going to give him anything big. It'll be like a vet minimum to start, and he has to he has to earn it. He has to prove that he could stay on the court and 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 get those minutes. But at when he was when he was younger, he was a monster. <laughs> um, yeah. Unfortunately, he it didn't last very long, and um, it, 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 he he was in Philly actually. Uh, was, I think it was like the last team he was on, wasn't it? I forget. Uh, um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the last team he it was, was on. Indiana. He was, yeah, it was oh, Indiana. Man. Yeah. He was yeah, he, play? he played like. Playing. He, yeah, he played like five games or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, yeah, there you go. I didn't even remember him playing in Indiana. That's how significant that rain there was. Um, well, he didn't play in Philly. So, <laughs> That's the thing. The only reason we remember yeah, that was the way Howard trade. That was a <laughs> right, exactly. It was a big deal when he was in Philly, even though he never played. It was a big yeah. deal. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, they got to set the big at the time. What the best center in the West going to the East to even out the power. Uh, it didn't do shit. Nothing ever happened. Nothing came of it because he was hurt. But. You know, at least it was, I knew he was there. I had no idea he was in the end. Holy shit. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I give him 50%. Not a bad number. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I, I, and, I, and I was being judicious when I said 50%. Like, I mean, I, I would, I, honestly, I wouldn't give the guy 10%. But, um, you know, I don't – man, and it, it's just it, people who are away from the league that long who, like, try to make a comeback, it is, like – Never works out. It like so so rarely. I like I can't even think of an example off the top of my head. Um, but like especially funny. a guy. You know, what's that? The what was Bender? Remember? I think it was Jonathan Bender. He did. He came back and he played like a couple games. Didn't do much, but he he came back and played a little bit. Okay. Uh, who yeah. Else did? But Alan Houston no, tried for years. He just could never get past training camp. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's kind of what I expect. Like, I mean, I expect him to go, you know, to training camp or, to, you know, to go play with a few different uh, uh, teams um, mm-hmm. and and just, you know, not get picked up on anybody's roster. Um, right. And that's the thing. Like, you, you know, you get out of that, you get out of that <laughs> habit of, of keeping, you know, that kind of, uh, that kind of physique, you know, yeah. it's just, it's, it's really, really hard to like get back into that, especially when you're already dealing with two, not one, but two bad yeah. knees and you're seven feet, yeah. what, seven foot two, I think. Like, that's yeah, just something like that. 
Yeah, it's just, I mean, that's the thing. These guys, man, these these centers that were, you know, really good in the mid, you know, mid-2000s, the mid to late 2000s, like they missed their boat by like five, six years because, you know, now we're seeing these guys like Embiid come in who would have been, you know, just thrown into the fire and now people are being yep. way more cautious. Like Popovich changed the whole dynamic of the league. And, you know, these teams are like, no, you're an investment. Like we're not going to, um, you, you know, we're not, we're not going to try to milk anything out of you. Like we want you to play great as long as you possibly can. And like had Bynum, you know, been drafted in 2013, 14, 15, he probably would have had a 10, 15 year career um, of sustained excellence, um, but mm-hmm. you know, you just, unfortunately, that that wasn't what happened. The same thing that happened with Odin. Um, it's the same thing to a, to a much worse degree with Odin. Craig Odin. Um, yeah, about to say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's terrible. It's the same thing that happened with Sam Bowie back yeah. in the day. Like any of these oh, guys. Oh, Sam you yeah, Stop bringing man, up all Portland's like uh, misgivings in the draft. Yeah, fucking Bill Walton, man. Like, <laughs> although Bill Walton, Bill Walton won an MVP and had a resurgence with uh, with Boston. Uh, so, hey, there's man. a player that you. I mean, he he wasn't he wasn't like out of the league or anything. He was just hurt for no, a really long time. But uh, but yeah. hey, that's that that would be a that would be a good one to like mark down as far as a resurgence is Bill Walton. Oh, too, right? Ogalskis was out for a while too, or he was just always hurt. I forget what it was. Yeah, he was just always hurt. Like he wasn't out of the league, you know. But um, yeah, I don't think there's been anybody who's been out of the league for like five years and, and like made a comeback and it actually was like a worthwhile comeback, like something that people were like. Forty-seven out of the league. I know he went to play for Russia. He left. I don't think he's gone for five years, but AK-40, Andre Karolinko was gone for a minute. And well, that when he came back. Yeah, but Karolinko, Karolinko was only good in his first run with the Jazz. He wasn't good when he came back. Um, and secondly, I want to be clear. I'm not saying, like, people who go play overseas and come back. I'm saying, like, people who just don't play. Because like, that's what we're that's, – that's what mm-hmm. this is. It's what not like Bynum has been playing overseas or anything. Like exactly. yeah, like we don't know. He just hadn't been yeah. playing. Like, like he, he he can't be in shape. Like I mean, I I've seen those videos too. He doesn't look out of shape, but like there, you know, you can you can look okay physically, but still like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's like you said, Joel. It's like I you like you or me could put together like a good mixtape or whatever. Like just like <laughs> like let me let me. Let me find a, you know, let me let me shoot the ball for like thirty minutes from one spot and then keep videotaping it and soon enough I'll make seven in a row and then you know we'll we'll post that up and be like oh my god look at him make seven threes in a row it's like yeah you've been shooting the same fucking spot for thirty minutes of course you're gonna make seven in a row in that thirty minute span like right. you know like I I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in him. But Luke, what are your thoughts uh on on Bynum? Do you do you have any faith in his comeback? So at first I wanted to go over and then I'm like, you know, I wanna go back under now on the fifty percent just because his position too in basketball, he's not a stretch big. He's a down low banger. He so that's really kinda of obsolete right now in today's game and I just I don't know. I mean, like you said, he's he's thirty years old. Yeah, he hasn't played in a couple of years, so that could be a good thing for his knees and all that. But I just 
the only teams that I could maybe consider it, and he was work. He was an official workout for the team, but he worked out in the practice facility. I could see the Lakers maybe consider doing it, just because yeah, they're I so good at that position. Yeah. They only yeah. have Javale McGee, and it's not like Javale McGee is a stretch big. So it's basically you're just drawing up the same plays that McGee was getting straight to Bynum. <laughs> so that's the only thing. Maybe even Golden State too. Just because Golden State's also super thin at the center position for right now, you you wouldn't need him that much when DeMarcus Cousins gets back, but at least give you that little leeway of some sort of big because I don't really know who's their center right now. So, But then again, I just – Bynum's been really? out here for so long. We haven't seen him play. Is his knees healthy that he took this time off? We don't know. So, I mean, you can look good in – and, you know, workout tapes like we like everyone's been saying. But also, like, have you learned from your mistakes? I mean, you kind of quit on Philly, which is, a, like, just a really bad thing to do. I mean, that's yeah. one of the last things. I mean, you didn't even know he played on Indiana. That's the funny like, because it's just – he just has – after that Dwight trade, his career just went super downhill quickly. Mm-hmm. It was like, I don't know what happened. He was not excited about getting traded. I mean, if you really look at it, at that point of time, that's yeah, you got traded to Philly, who's not a good team, but they looked at you as a valuable trade piece. I mean, Dwight Howard at that moment, he wasn't the bum. I mean, Dwight's not a bum, but he wasn't the bad player that we kind of see him at now. Like, Dwight's coming out of, like, Superman Dwight, so it's like you're getting traded for right. a really good center. So you could you should have been happy, like, yeah, you went to Philly, you're not on Lakers anymore, but to be happy, like, you know, they really thought I'm almost up to Dwight's level, like, that's a trade piece. I was like, but instead he went the wrong way, got into his head, kind of quit on them, went to Indiana, yeah. didn't mature. anything. Yeah, he got really immature, so maybe he's matured and all that stuff. But that's why, like, I, like, I want to go under just because his position, like, he's just a – like a, he's a Greg Monroe. He's just – those types of centers are just coming and go. Like, they're just it's becoming obsolete. He doesn't really bring anything else to the table. Um, uh, hopefully he knows how to catch high, stay high with the ball. I used to love watching games with my buddy that's a Lakers fan, and he used to always get so mad that Bynum would catch the ball high, bring it low, and then go to shoot it. And it's just like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're seven two. Catch the ball high, stay high, dunk. Like just that. But you know, he might have like, learned how to ball type shit. Yeah. So hmm. the, 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 I want to go over just because I do see some teams, like I said, the Lakers and Golden State that might consider him just because they're just so thin at that position, and he might not be that bad. If you only get He's only signed the veterans men and for a one year. So it's not like you're right. really putting in that much that's so like, ooh, this is, uh, you know, this could be a, this could damage us later on. So I, I would consider it if he does well. I want to see him on five on five. Like when, I, when he works out officially with my team, you got. I want to see you in full game. Like I want to see exactly. how you're playing against kids that have been playing the game for five years now. I mean, you, had, you took off a break. I mean, so there's just a lot of things. So good for him that he's coming back. Hopefully, the more mature he's got, you know, his game could be better. And just because his head's better, his head's in a better spot. So right. we'll see. Yeah. You know what's funny? If he hadn't fucking spurned Philly like he did, like Philly could use him. Like Philly could use like a guy to back up Joel Embiid. Yeah, and, and like you know, would have no problem giving the guy a one-year deal. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it could be wrong, but I, I think they have an open roster spot. Um, they might not. You hate have, Amir Johnson, um, don't you? I don't like. <laughs> I mean, he's he's just ineffective, man. Like he's old. He doesn't. He's a, like, he's a backup center. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, but he's like, a, he's yeah, a there's plenty. Career. Yeah, there's yeah, there's plenty of backup centers who are like, okay, like you know, I I would I I agree with Joel. I I think I would give all the backup center minutes to Mike Muscala. I'd much rather have Mike Muscala out there than than Amir Johnson, just personally. Um, I think he's a much more effective player. Um, but no, I I I think uh, I think the biggest thing with Bynum is is going to be. Um, what haunts so many of the centers nowadays, and you kind of alluded to it, Luke, is that there's no chance that Bynum's going to be able to, to defend, uh, you know, point guards and shooting guards on switches. Like, there's no way. That guy, if you if you pull him up uh, like so many teams do nowadays, you set a pick and you get him switched onto any run of the – I'm not even talking like your Kyrie's and shit. I'm talking like – your fucking Etwan Moore's. Like you get him on a like you put Etwan Moore on an Etwan Moore will tear his ass up like every fucking time. Um and like of course like I'm 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 trying to not act like I'm throwing shade at Etwan Moore. Very, very solid NBA player. I'm just saying like like obviously average. not a average <laughs> yeah, very average player, but a very like capable player. Um but he yes. like he would look like an all-star uh, if if they ran a, a a switch and put Bynum on it. Like, there's like I I I think that is the biggest problem that I foresee with him. I I don't think it's nearly as much, um, you know, his offensive production because I think I mean he's he didn't have like the best range or anything in his career, but he's. He's always been like a guy who could shoot. Like he, he always had that kind of mid-range game, like fourteen yep. to sixteen feet. Um, like I'm sure he's worked on like getting that range out, which is why he, you know, you know, throughout that video of him draining those, uh, you know, top of the key threes over and over again. Um, so yep. I'm sure, like I, I have no doubt in my mind that he could do that. My thing is like, you know, I don't feel like there's any way he could guard. Um, and then there's there's the health issue and everything else. I I just I think it's a long shot to to see him back in the NBA um, for you know pretty much all of the reasons we discussed. Uh, but anyway, um, it'll be interesting to see if if he does come back. I definitely feel I agree with y'all. I think it will be with the Lakers. They have the open roster spot since cutting Luol Deng. Um, they're they're you know they're thin at the position, um, but like. Here's my thing, like I would probably just play Mo Wagner, man. Like I mean, you know Mo Wagner can hit threes, uh, and like at least Mo Wagner's younger. Like, yeah, he's not like as athletic as Andrew Bynum, but you know, he's probably faster because he's younger. So and he, and he doesn't have eighty year old knees. So like I don't know. I, I think I think I'd rather just do that if I was them. Um, or you know what? Fuck it. Let me just play LeBron James at center um, and see where that gets us. Like you know, like, I mean, at the very least, I mean, at the very least, I mean, I feel like LeBron James could, you know, does anybody on this panel think LeBron James isn't capable of doing what Julius Randle did for them last year at the center position? No, not at all. I just I don't want to see that. But yeah, I, I don't doubt he could do it. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. So like it's point center, that's what we need. Well, but I don't see. But that's the thing. I don't think it has to be point center. I mean, you got Lonzo, you got Rondo. I don't. I don't think you need him to be that. I think. I think if he like Julius Randle averaged what four four and a half assists last year. Um, Per game, I think it might have gone down a little bit last year when they got Lonzo, um, but I think it was right around four because um, he was a really good passer. Like he's a very effective yeah. passer. So I mean, if you plug if you plug LeBron James into that role, honestly, the more I thought about it, that like about the Lakers in general, I think that's probably their. I know we've kicked around the whole idea of what what's their lineup going to be. Um, honestly, like I I kind of think that might be their lineup. I think they might like run Lonzo or Rondo, whoever at point guard, uh, Caldwell Pope or um, Hart at shooting guard, whoever, um, and then you'll see Ingram and Kuzma at the four, uh, three and four, and then you'll see LeBron just running the five, just like Julius Randle did last year, because they're basically the same fucking size, and LeBron can rebound just as effectively. He's an even better passer. He's an even better scorer and shooter. Um, he's probably equally as good, if not a, a better defender. Um, can definitely like defend uh, the switches. So I don't know. I mean, there there's going to be times where you got to bring in Javale McGee because uh, you know LeBron can't you know be guarding you know fucking Stephen Adams you know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I mean, for the most part, there's not that that many like guys that LeBron can't physically match up with. Like, Steven Adams would be, like, the rare, um, you know, the kind of rare occasion. Um, but anyway, it's, it's neither here nor there. Let's digress. Uh, Luau Deng uh, has found himself a team, and uh, none of us were surprised. Uh, he's going He's going to sign a one-year vet minimum with, of course, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think every single one of us at one point or another said, yeah, he's probably going to end up in Minnesota and without fail, he does. Um, Joel, what, what are your thoughts on Luau Deng signing with Minnesota? Uh, what do you expect to see from him this season? Um, and is there any concern in your mind that like, Tom Thibodeau is just just bringing in all of his old players. Do you think that that has an effect on chemistry uh, on on like these younger players that are still there in like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, who are obviously like had some unrest last season, and probably like a lot of that carried over um, in, into the off season. Uh, and with Jimmy Butler's pending free agency, a lot, a lot of question marks with this team. Um, you know, do you think him kind of recreating, you know, his his glory day teams of the Chicago Bulls in the early 2000s, uh, or, or early 2010s rather? Um, like, do do you think that that might have an effect on uh, on this team in a negative way? What's well, that's a lot there to to digest, <laughs> but. Uh... Uh, my first uh, inclination when he signed with the Timberwolves was like, uh, duh, like who who did not see that coming, right? Um, but my other thought was very much, I I'm happy for him. 
because I know he wanted to get minutes, and I think he will get minutes. I don't think – apparently he's not promised any minutes. Uh, he's going to probably have to earn those minutes, but I think he will. I think he will find minutes because um, Tibbs really likes him. Uh, he's always been a workhorse and probably overworked him in Chicago. Um, but now he'll be able to not share. Probably. I think he's a good Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> but he also um, is a good veteran. I think we all think he's a good dude. So overall, yeah. it's not a bad get for your locker room. I don't think he, I think he'd be good for the locker room overall. A lot yeah. of the Chicago guys would. I mean, maybe not Jimmy. <laughs> not play. Who knows? I don't know how that locker room is, but maybe they're just they have a different mentality than the young guys that are there, and maybe that's what Tibbs wants. He wants these are the guys I want you to learn from. I want you to be more like them. And then they have you know there's a there's a conflict there because there's these the young up and coming kids like a Wiggins that maybe they're just like. I don't want to work that hard, but that's maybe that's that'll that'll tell you weed it out, I and mean, eventually you can you know look to trade them or do whatever you want with them. Um, because um, at the very least, he's intrigued Jimmy to want to possibly uh, stay a little bit longer, at least to the end of the season. <laughs> so that's good. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, good for Luol and good for Minnesota. I think it's a good uh, a good uh, addition to the team. Yeah, I mean, I've seen I, him playing forever either. <laughs> so I hope, yeah, I hope God, I mean, well. yeah, it's like I, I can't even really remember him playing for the Lakers, even though he was there. Yeah, barely, like, right? Like two seasons. Um, like, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, he, he, what he played one game last year, something like that, two games maybe. Yeah, um, barely, yeah. Then, yeah, and then like the season before that, like he started at the beginning of the season and then just really tailed off. Um, you know, they were tanking at the end of that season. Um but uh but yeah, um yeah, I, I I it'll be interesting to actually see him play and to like see him play in this evolved NBA as like a ideally a stretch four if maybe maybe Tibbs doesn't seem like I mean maybe Tibbs is still like I'm gonna you're gonna be our backup small forward. Like um especially since right. they have Gibson and they have Tolliver. Um you know, mm-hmm. they they more ideally need a backup wing. Um, so is he going to be that? Like, mm-hmm. is he going to back up Andrew Wiggins basically? Um, and then right. you know, eventually, is Tips going to get pissed at Andrew Wiggins and be like, "I'm pinching you, like, <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> you're you're starting." Because <laughs> like, um, I can definitely see that happening too. Um, but uh, but anyway, uh, Luke, your thoughts on Dang uh, signing with the Timber? Pups, Timberbulls, whatever you want to call them, uh, and uh, you know your thoughts on you know just your continued thoughts uh, on Tibbs and uh, all of his Tom Thibodeauness. <laughs> I mean, no, it's no surprise that Tibbs did this. I mean, you know, I I hate him so much. I think he just leave <laughs> coaching, but then again, it's not a bad signing. I kind of do want to say that because Luol Deng didn't just like the Lakers quit on Luol Deng. It's not like Luol Deng quit right. on the Lakers. The Lakers are just like, right. dude, we'll pay you not to play, not even to show up. So it's just like he kind of just got thrown or like thrown to like the back curb. And he's like, okay, I mean, that's fine with me. I'll get paid. I mean, he didn't look – the last time I saw him play, I watched the the world team versus Africa in the African game, and, I mean, he didn't look impressive, but he didn't look bad. I mean, he's a good veteran presence, and this could give you more depth on the bench, what 
the Timberwolves need it. I mean, maybe he won't be right. running. Tibbs won't be running his first unit into the ground like he did last year, you know, give some other people minutes. And I also think it, too, it's going to help change. This might be the only good thing of it with the Tibbs signing, that it could help change the culture, you know, because Butler kind of came in and he's been noticing that these guys just don't really care. And now you've got a lot of people that have been in this system that knows them, knows the tip system and all of that. And they really are like, they practice and they go hard. So I think it might change, you know, you have two young rookies now and you have four people that were on the old Bulls teams that have all played. So that's majority. So I think it might help sway, you know, practice and people actually starting to care. And it might, you know, rub off on Andrew Wiggins to be like, maybe I should start caring a little bit more. I do have all this talent. I'm super athletic, but I just don't really care to use it. So it could benefit. It's just, it's a typical tip signing. Um, I know I'd love it, and I know Joel and Jawan would love it if they they just completed the saga and just somehow got Joe Kim Noah. I mean, just throw him in there mm-hmm. and just have the, have, have the 2013 Bulls <laughs> team stuff. But uh, it's it's not a bad sign just because Thing does have a little bit left in his tank. I mean, he kind of showed me that in that game. I mean, he's playing against pros and all that in that the African game, so. He could do it, and if you can give me at least, you know, somewhat of 16 minutes a game and not have to make me run my players into 46 minutes a game that I was doing, 42 to 46, that's fine with me. I mean, that's a win that could help Minnesota in the long run. Minnesota is one of those teams that they're basically in limbo right now. They're, they could be a good team or they can not be a good team and slip out of this playoff. So it's just like, what, are you, what do you guys want to do? And – you're supposed to, I don't, not necessarily a superstar, but the one guy that, oh, yeah, I guess Butler is kind of almost a superstar, but you're trying to show him to stay. So I think it might help everything out and, and benefit the Timberwolves, even though it's it's not an impressive signing like you got Luel Dang. Like, yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, y'all are both being optimistic about this. I'm, I guess I'm just, uh, maybe it's just my, my, pessimistic nature um like i don't know man i i uh i think hey while i do agree with most of what y'all said i i just think like the fact that tibbs is just like he i feel like he's stuck man he's stuck 15 years in the past and like you know or, or i guess more like 10 years in the past um and i don't know i i, I don't I don't think it's necessarily going to be helpful um, for this team. I don't think it's necessarily what they need. Um, I'm kind of more buying into this notion that the Jimmy Butler trade was actually not a good trade for them. Um, and, and, and not, not that like I, any one of us wouldn't have pulled the trigger on that deal. I mean, the fact that, especially the fact that they ended up getting the number 16 pick in that, that, that trade, like, it seemed like a no-brainer at the time, but, you know, like maybe you would have been better off just keeping all that young talent and, and drafting the Laurie Markkinen or, you know, whoever you decided to take. Um, maybe you decided to take a point guard with that pick and you took Dennis Smith Jr. Um, and, and then you're, you know, you know, looking at a lineup with, with, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., maybe Trey Chris Dunn. There's a lot of various possibilities, obviously. But, like, I don't know. I it's um yeah it's 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 
troublesome to me. I don't know. I, I, I think they should trade Jimmy Butler. I really do. As much as I, like, hate to say it, I think they should. I think they should trade him before. I, I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think Tibbs will do it. Um, but either that or, or make a trade to, like, really shake things up to make make Jimmy, like, happy and, like, want to stay. And I don't I don't I see that as a much harder possibility. Um I will say this though, I, I thought about this one today. If um if New Orleans gets off to like a really sour start and you know they, they start floating uh AD's name out there, um let me just throw this to y'all real quick. If you're Minnesota, not if you're New Orleans, but if you're Minnesota, would you give up both Wiggins and Towns you know, obviously both being locked in for, you know, the next five years. Um, would you give up both of those guys for Anthony Davis and um, each one more to make the money work? Um, I'll throw it to you first, Joel. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, 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 what, I give up two of my starters, two key young starters for Anthony Davis? Oh, my God. You only got him for two years, know. that guaranteed. But, like, maybe that's enough yeah. to keep Butler. And then if you keep Butler, then you could probably keep AD. I don't know. I mean, it's a gamble. Well, if, it's I'm, a gamble. if I'm New Orleans, I might as well just stay put, honestly. <laughs> I wouldn't trade with Well, no, 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 no. I'm not saying but, if you're New Orleans. I'm saying if you're Minnesota. I get that. Like, I get that. Uh, Minnesota, I might, I might pull the trigger because it is Anthony Davis, uh, no doubt. Uh, but it does take two to tango. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, but you uh, got you got yeah, you got him and Butler. That's like that's a, that's a fucking yeah, I know. But I mean, that'll definitely uh, if I'm Butler, that'll definitely sway me. <laughs> that's for sure. So I, I would definitely do it if I was Mini. I would. I really would. Cause it, I I would. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I'd do it if I was New Orleans. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd do it if I was New Orleans either. The biggest thing with New Orleans is you get that that stability. You know, you got both players yeah. locked in for five years. Um, and then, you know, you still got Drew Holiday locked in long term. Um, and then, you know, you can pretty much decide, you know, you can play out the year and say, we, we yeah. can see how Randall plays next to Cat. We can see how Miritich plays next to Cat. Yeah. See which one we want to, like, really sure. invest in. Yeah, you know, I mean, they'd still, they'd still have kind of a hole at point guard. I mean, we'll see what Alfred Payton, you know, does. But, um, yeah. But, I like him. Uh, so bad. I I I like him too. I I I think um I think he could be one of those guys like not like Victor Oladipo in the sense of off like that kind of breakout year, but I think he could be like mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo in the sense that you know it just took him three four five years to like really like kind of grasp grasp the reins. Yeah, um on the NBA game because um, mm-hmm. I mean he's he's. He's really like he's a damn good player. Like he's a he's a fringe starter, um, but I think he could be like I think he could end up being like a like a legit top twenty point guard, um, mm-hmm. like like hovering right around number twenty, obviously. Um, but I mean, right. I think he's got that that you know um, he's got that capability. Uh, but Luke, same question to you. Like if you're if you're Minnesota, would you give up the you know, long-term stability um, of Wiggins and and Carl Anthony Towns, given all the turmoil that's happened, um, you know, for uh, each one more 
um, and uh, of course the the blue chip Anthony Davis. I want to say no, but like I, I want like, if I'm if I'm Timberwolves, I want to get rid of Andrew Wiggins at all like means possible. That's just me and at being Minnesota, they might like him, but. I just the only reason I want to say no is like yes, Anthony Davis is better than Carl Anthony Towns. Don't get me wrong, but I'm right. not giving up on Cat just like that. Like Carl Anthony right. Towns is really good. Like he's still very young. They both are still very young. But Anthony Davis too. Not saying like his injuries are like looming, and but he has run into a lot of injuries. I mean, yes, Cat's a lot younger than him. He hasn't run into any injuries. Cat has never actually, missed a game. Yeah, and he was very efficient two years ago. I think. Like you're saying, this Jimmy Butler trade was just like, – maybe in the end it wasn't good because it might have not fit well with Carl Anthony Towns, too. I mean, yep. his numbers did the dip. But, I mean, but going into last season, dude, everyone was high, high hopes on Carl Anthony Towns. I, I was. Mean, he still finished an all-NBA team, but, I mean, oh, I, still I remember love everyone. Even in, like, the fantasy, I still love him, too. I mean, I just, that's the reason I would just say no, just because I, I don't want to give up on Carl Anthony Towns like that. Andrew Wiggins, yeah. yeah. I could give up on you on yesterday, dude. Like, <laughs> I would trade you for anything, honestly. <laughs> unless, unless you turn it around. I mean, I think he's still young that he can figure it out, and he's got it offensively. I just think he doesn't understand how athletically gifted he is, and if he just puts his mind to it, he can be really good. He kind of almost just like coast out there, and then when he kind of like yeah. you know. You see the the good things out of Wiggins. It's like it's on the offensive end when he gets all excited and he's going on these runs, and it's like you see his potential, but it's just like, dude, if you could just do this for a full game, this could be different. So, I don't know. Like, yeah, you're getting Anthony Davis in, and, and you would have Jimmy Butler, and I think Butler would stay, but I just I want to do it just because I do have these two young guys for at least five more years. Yeah, see, here's my thing. Like, uh, I I, God, I would be, I I would be so tempted to do it, but I would probably like just given my my mindset and like how I go about like thinking about um, constructing teams and things, um, I would be more apt to trade Jimmy Butler, um, like to try and get younger pieces, um, to try and fit around the two guys, the two young pieces that I have that I know are going to be there for five years. Um, whereas, you know, it's ultimately the big risk is that the one, see, here's the one thing that would be beneficial as far as making that deal. Um, if you were able to make it and let's just say for whatever reason, that's the deal New Orleans wanted to make, um, which, you know, I think ultimately, like, obviously I think you would, you would have to find a scenario in which both Boston in LA decided we're not going to outbid that, which I would find highly um, unlikely. But nevertheless, um, in that, you know, rare situation, um, you know, I, I feel like even if that happened and Butler walked, like you would still have Anthony Davis for a year where you could still trade him uh, and, and you would still be able to recoup a lot of value. Like, so um, that would that uh, that would be like your your parachute, uh, if you will, to that whole um, that whole ordeal. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I I'm I it's a tricky situation. Like when I came up with it, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd do it if I was New Orleans either. Like uh, like it's 
it'd be really hard to pass up, like, get, getting Carl Anthony Towns for five years because of how young he is and how effective he is. And then, like, I don't know, I think you give Wiggins a change of scenery. You pair him with, like, a Drew Holiday, who um, is a very kind of similar player to Jimmy Butler, but maybe has a slightly more positive attitude um, and, and probably, like, a little less demanding uh, as far as, like, on-the-court presence. Um, and, and just honestly, just not quite as good as Jimmy Butler. So, like, you know, basically can't be as demanding as Jimmy Butler. Um, like, I don't know. I think I think there's a, a lot of factors there. I think it would be very interesting. Um, and this is where I will cue Joel uh, to say, uh, what do I need to buy, Joel? What do I need to get into? You need to get into 2K. To make this work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's the moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, anyway, um, let's uh, let's move on. Speaking of Anthony Davis, uh, he fired his agent, and he has now signed with Clutch Sports. Of course, Maverick Carter, uh, LeBron James, his friend, his uh, his. Um, no, wait, it's not Maverick Carter. It's the other one. Who's the other guy, Luke? It's not Rich Paul. Ooh. Rich Paul is um Yeah. Yeah, it's Rich Paul, isn't it? Rich, Rich Paul is the KD's, agent. Uh, I thought Rich Paul is KD's agent. I don't think so. I don't know. It, it, I don't it's it's basically either. LeBron James is uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's LeBron it's, James' agency. It's his agency. Yeah, well, it's not technically LeBron James' agency because he can't have an agency while he is a, a, an active NBA player. But for all intents and purposes, it's LeBron James' agency. Um, so uh, let's let's run rampant with the speculation. Uh, does this mean anything as far as Anthony Davis's future and – potentially ending up with the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going to throw it to you first, Luke. No, it does not at all to me. Um, I <laughs> Your boy think, Bill Simmons thinks so. I mean, it's going to have to be until – his contract's not up until 2021, so unless you're mm-hmm. trading for him, you're throwing him the world. No, it doesn't uh, really matter if he signs with a free agent. If he, I think he has a player option. Right? The player option is 2021, so it's 2020. But, I mean, it's right. a $28 million player option going to 21. So, I'm just trying to say, right now, the the free agent – I mean, not the free agent. Signing a new agent doesn't really matter that much. I mean, unless the Lakers, you know, are instantly going to make this trade. I mean, I just think, you know, he – I I don't know who his, uh, who his last agent was. But, I mean, if you look at the contracts, you know, that this summer that, that agency got for their players, I mean, they got KCP money. And I didn't think KCP was getting any money. I know it's the whole you got you, you got to do good LeBron and that whole. But like they they actually did really well for their the people that they represent. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's a bad agency. So you know that's a positive thing. I don't see them necessarily. This is an automatic go. Like oh you know he could go to Lakers because I mean any team would have to trade for him at this point in time. So an agent, no agent. I mean will this agent convince him? to start, like, after, you know, give New Orleans this year, maybe half year, and then, you know, this agent will start to be like, you, why don't we start to re-engage trade talks? So that could be a big thing, you know, maybe Anthony Davis didn't like that, that his agent was almost content with staying with New Orleans and saw the money, the longevity, and just like, hey, you know, let's get out this contract. In 2019, he's up for the Supermax, 
super max extension, which you can yep. get two hundred and thirty million. So that could be like you know his, his his old agent would just like listen. Why don't we just stay in New Orleans? Well, you know it could be like you know I want a new agent that might put different things in my mind. Like give New Orleans another chance, but you know how long can I give them in my prime youthful stages until there's other teams? I mean, like you're saying. Any team would trade for Anthony Davis, like any team. Mm-hmm. But the two big teams that are going to trade the world for Anthony Davis are the Lakers or the Celtics. Now, who's going to outbid yes. themselves? I don't know. But that's the thing. is like you, Right now, this new agent signing, I don't think it's a big key, like, oh, is he going to go to the Lakers and all of that or what? But I think it's just it might help the chances of he could get traded and not uh, like live out these New Orleans days, even though he's – he said back that he wants to stay in New Orleans and all that, and yada, yada, yada. But that could just be, you know, him showing, saving, saving face and all that, and what his agent wants to say. And, you know, maybe he wants a new agent to kind of put some things in his head and be like, you know, New Orleans has been wasting you, man. You could be doing this with the Lakers or LeBron, or you could be doing this with Boston, or you could be doing this with any other team that is actually can compete right now while you're in these. Because, I mean, Biggs, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to stay healthy, and he's definitely ran into some injuries. I mean, not big affecting long-term injuries, but he's definitely had his leg injuries. So you want to try to win fairly soon. I mean, you're already, you're already getting paid. So I don't think it's writing on the wall, but I do think it, 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 it could lead to trade rumors getting up, brought up by his agency middle of the year that he's not happy with this situation. Yeah, I mean – well, and a lot of that is probably going to be um, uh, basically, you know, uh, based on how New Orleans does this season. Because if New Orleans is really good this year and kind of surprises everybody and is, you know, competing for a home playoff seed, like I don't think we're going to hear much of that chitter-chatter. But if they're a fringe playoff team, which I feel like most of us kind of expect them to be in that sort of range, then, yeah, you're probably going to hear a little bit of that um, just simply because that's the nature of the beast. That's what happens. Um, we, we, we hear it all the time about Kimball Walker. Uh, we hear it all the time about, you know, the, the, um, the big two in Portland, whether it be Dame Lillard or C.J. McCollum. Uh, you know, I mean, that's just the way it is. So, you know, and, and not as far as um, the teams speculating, uh, as far as speculating the teams will trade these guys, but as far as, like, speculating that these guys will walk into the office one day and be like, yo, this ain't working, like, trade me. Um, so, I mean, we, we hear reports about things like that all the time and about how, you know, uh, these players, you know, maybe on the fringe of doing something like that. Uh, and, and Anthony Davis is no different. Um, but, no, I mean, I I ultimately agree with you. I mean, I think, honestly, the biggest thing is this, is, um, like you said, he, he's he's not a free agent next season. He's a, He can be a free agent the year after. Um, and the Lakers are gung-ho as far as, you know, trying to sign a max free agent next season. Now, they could surprise everybody and sign a bunch of one-year deals again. Um, now, granted, they they would have to uh, – Brandon Ingram uh, would be on an expiring contract at that point, so his, his cap hold would have to come into play. Um, but I don't think that would be enough to um, prohibit them from signing a max free agent the following season. Um, so, you know, there there is that possibility that they could punt again next season in hopes that they could land 
Anthony Davis the following year. Um, that's certainly a possibility. But how long do you want to kick the can down the road when LeBron James is 33, 34, 35, 36 years old? Um, I mean, that's that's a big question. Like, if you if you got a big name that you can go get next season, you get that name, right? So, you know, maybe that makes a difference. Um, and, you know, if they go and get that big name next season, they can't. They're done. They can't. They don't have the room to sign in the following year. So you're absolutely right, Luke. Like, he's not a pending free agent. So um, ultimately it comes down to uh, would the Lakers trade for him, and if the Lakers did trade for him, that would prohibit them from having max cap space next season. They could not sign a max player next season. There's literally no way that they can trade uh, – anybody on their team short of LeBron James, who, of course, they are not trading, um, and, you know, acquire Anthony Davis and still have max cap space next season. They could have close to it, but not quite max cap space. So it begs the question, if you're the Lakers, are you willing to give up, let's say, Lonzo Ingram uh, and a first-round pick and, you know, maybe a, a Mo Wagner um, and maybe throw in like a Josh Hart or something. Like, actually, I wouldn't. I, that's where I draw the line. I'd be like, nah, I ain't throwing Josh Hart. Um, but like, are you willing to do that and not be able to sign a max free agent next season? I don't think I am. If I'm the Lakers, the, and, and the biggest reason why is it, it affects me being able to sign a max free agent next year. If I if I could acquire Anthony Davis for my young talent and sign a max free agent next year, sure. Like, fucking sign me up. If I could be like, I got LeBron, I got AD, like, max free agent, like, like come on. Like, we we are going to put you on this team, and then, you know, like Kawhi Leonard, we're going to have, you know, the three of y'all, and we'll figure everything else out. Like, yes, 100%, like, great. Like, you know, that, that'll be just fine. But, like, you won't have that capability if you trade for AD. Now, Boston – is obviously in a much more actionable position because they already have their team. They're not really worried about signing somebody next year. Um, but the question with Boston is, are they willing to give up Jason Tatum? Because that's what it's going to cost you to get Anthony Davis. You have to include Jason Tatum. There's no way that New Orleans makes a deal that doesn't involve Jason Tatum. In fact, I would say it would have to involve Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier and then parts to make the money work. Um, from there, um, and probably the Memphis pick as well. Um, and if, I don't know if I'm Boston. It's like I don't have the cap space to do it um, to like sign him eventually. So like maybe I'm willing to give up a little more, but I'm also like not going to give up everything to get him. Uh, so I don't know. It'll be really tricky. It'll be really tricky uh, to if if he hits the market, to see what teams will offer. Um, but, Joel, what are your thoughts on Davis uh, signing with uh, Clutch Sports? And um, do you kind of see it like me and Luke that, you know, it'll it possibly have some effect on him, um, you know, landing with a different team, but ultimately, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a, a precursor that he is L.A. bound. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I feel. I, I don't feel like it's a precursor that, or it's a definite that he's out now because he's signing with a new team no, I, or a new agent. I, I don't believe that at all. 
Um, and I've been. Where's, you know where's, how I feel where's about Jawan? Him. Where's our conspiracy theorist when we need him? <laughs> you know, know right? Jawan will be been... like, I guarantee it. He will be a Los yeah. Angeles Laker before the end of the season. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's all about net and is not keeping anybody at this point. Um, that is true. I, I am. Um, that's my thing, though. I don't want to see him leave New Orleans. I, I want them oh, to I end up keeping Anthony Davis. You know, I I don't like. I don't necessarily need that. I, I don't. I, I, we need balance. <laughs> we can't have everybody going to just funneling into these other teams like that. I, just, I don't like that. Yeah, but um, okay, I get that, but like. My thing is this, is like, as long as it's not like a steal, like I said, if if the Celtics had to give up Tatum, and let's say, okay, let's just say, like, like here's, here's, here's the basic of a deal. Like, Rozier, Tatum, Horford, for um, essentially, uh, Agencia would be thrown in to make the money work, but essentially, mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Davis and each one more. Like, you're giving up Tatum, you're giving up Rozier, and you're giving up Horford, all very valuable starting caliber players uh, to get Anthony Davis. Like, you know, like, as long as it's something like that, I just don't want to see, I don't want to see a deal that's like last minute, you know, them hold on to him way too long, and then they're giving him up for fucking nothing. Like, if a team gets him, I don't want to see it. Yeah, I don't want to see them get robbed, yeah. but, but like value. if they can, and that's, yeah, so if, if they can do. get value, <laughs> like like or with the Lakers, like like I said, if you can get Lonzo and Ingram and you know maybe a couple other little pieces, like that ain't bad. Like if I mean if you got a team of like Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Nikola Mirotic, Julius Randle, like this is a very good starting five. Um, so you know, like I don't know, like I. I, I would make the Boston trade because I think Jason Tatum is the best player, best young player in the league out of anybody, any of the, any teams that would be interested in giving up really good young players. Um, I think he's the one that holds the most value. Um, short of maybe Markel Fultz, it just it just depends. Like we're gonna have to, there's, a, there's a lot of unanswered questions with Markel Fultz. Like if if you're betting, like you would obviously bet on Jason Tatum way ahead of Markel Fultz. Um, but uh, but no, I mean I I get what you're saying though. Like, don't want him to get fleeced. Um, and and you know we all know you love parity. So like, having him in New Orleans <laughs> leading a team like that, like, and I don't mean yeah, it. I don't mean it like in a derogatory yeah. manner. Like I I kind of said it like that. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> no, I I get it. I, I just but I do I do like seeing uh, like cities that don't normally get a shot at at that 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 stage to get the shot. Like, when's the next time we're going to see New Orleans get that shot again after this? They lose right. the game. That's why that trade has to be something big. That's why I was very good. Right. You've had the best center and the best power forward in the league on your same team. You got, you can't just give them away. It has to be something right. worth it. They weren't going to get shit for DeMarcus Cousins. I'm telling you. No, um, nobody wanted to give up shit for him. Exactly. So that's what I mean. Like, uh, and it, it's just, I I I like him there. If he leaves at some point, I hope it is it is in a trade so they can get something of value back. Uh, I don't want him to just leave him walking free agency. That would really suck for them. <laughs> like, if it is at some yeah. point, hopefully it is a trade. And hopefully it's like give them at least the next year or two to to do something. If not, then you definitely have to look at 
you know, in a different direction at some point. I wouldn't blame him at that point, you know. Uh, if he wants to look in that direction, hey, it's time to move on. It, it always comes down to that. At some point, you have to move on. But there's so many good players. You can't have all on the same team. That's, that's why there is parity. The bad teams get good players. They stay there for a while, and hopefully the team gets better. If not, they move on. That's just how it works. That's just how it works. You know, you can't just have this good player move to another good team. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Um, that's why this, every team has their own players. You know, I love my guys some more than others. Um, it's, it's just how that works in, in, in basketball. But I love Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, after last year, has moved up into my favorite player in the league. So I'm behind whatever decision he, he makes at this point. Um, and I definitely would not want to see him join either Boston or L.A. because I hate them both. So at that point, <laughs> I just would – anywhere but there would be fine with me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can't – I mean, I feel you there. I mean, I would – see, I would really like to see him on either team, honestly, just because just I would like to see him in a winning culture and I would like to see him either get to play with Kyrie or get to play with LeBron. Like, either one I think would be a hell of a lot of fucking fun to watch. Um, I'd probably, just as a, a un, like unbiased uh, observer, I'd probably rather see him play with, like, the the twilight years of LeBron's prime. Like, I, I just think that would be so much fun to see the two of them play together. Um, but ultimately... Like I think Boston could put the best trade package together and still be super competitive because um, they they wouldn't have to give up Kyrie. They wouldn't have to give up. Uh, I don't think they'd have to give up Brown. I don't think they they wouldn't have to give up Hayward, Marcus Morris. So if you keep those four guys and you plug out, um, I'm sorry, Al Forford, you got to give him up uh, just to make the money work. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But if you if you plug. Uh, if you plug AD into that equation, and then you still, you know, keep Marcus Smart, um, maybe you, like you acquire Etwan Moore in the trade, um, and then you know you still have Daniel Tice, uh, you still have um, Aaron Baines. Like that's that's a team that could fucking give the the Warriors a run for their fucking money. Like they already, I see. I think they already can give the Warriors a run for their money. That's a team I might even have to put money down to beat the Warriors. Like, especially it would really. Here's the thing: it really is going to depend on Cousins. Like, if Cousins like comes back and he's like a fucking beast, it's like, all right, well, shit. <laughs> you know, like that's that's the wild card. But like, I mean, Achilles tear for a dude that big. Like, I ain't bet. I'm I'm betting that he ain't going to be. Like, I hate to say it, but I'm betting that at least this season he ain't gonna be any any good. Um, he ain't gonna be able to really play. Mm-hmm. He ain't gonna really be able to contribute. Honestly, I still condemn that the signing of Demarcus Cousins was more um, a proactive move uh, by the Warriors to try and scoop him up so nobody else got him um, more so than anything and else. Annoy everyone. Um, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, a, it's like the biggest troll job ever. Uh, but mm-hmm. nevertheless, uh, Luke, really quickly before we move on, I, I would like to ask you, where, what are your thoughts on my speculative uh, Boston trade? Um, I'm assuming – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that you would say no because Boston would be giving up too much, but maybe you'll surprise me. No, a hard no. 
No, hard no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not giving up Jason Tatum. I'm sorry. It's Anthony Davis. I'm not giving up Jason Tatum. And honestly, I think we could do it without giving up Jason Tatum. I know you're saying that we would need to, but honestly, we have so many first-round picks. We could woo them with way more first. Because if, okay, if we're giving you Jason Tatum, you're only getting no. a first-round pick. That's it. You're yeah, going to get out. But here's the that. thing. But if you get yeah, Jalen Brown, Marcus, just hear this out. Just hear this out real quick. If you okay. get Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and we'll give you Marcus Morris who's making money, but we're also going to give you – we're going to give you Sacramento's first-round pick. We're going to give you Memphis's first-round pick, and you can choose the better between Clippers and our pick of a first-round pick. So now you have three first-round picks, and if you're in New Orleans, you're not trying to kind of compete. You want to go in and rebuild – I'm thinking I might consider, yes, it's Jason Tatum and all that, but that trade might be better just because I'm getting three first-round picks right now. And, and Brown's really a good young player. Smart yeah, Brown's is really going to be, you know, he could run your second unit with Drew Holiday if you play him out there. So I, I, it's not like you're still I getting drafted in the deal. <laughs> you're not getting a Jason Tatum, but you're going to get way more first-round picks out of the deal. And I think that's what, luckily, Boston has to their advantage that we – could have for four first round picks next year if things shake out our way, and that can woo a lot of teams more than you know players. If you're, because I mean, if you're trading Anthony Davis, you're going into almost rebuild. I mean, that's what New Orleans mindset has. Well, definitely going into rebuild. I don't, see, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you necessarily have to. It depends on what the offers are coming back. But I get what you're saying. Honestly. As a, if I was a GM, I would actually probably maybe like that trade a little more. Um, but here's the thing: if you're Boston, so you're keeping Horford, you're keeping Rozier, who you have to re-sign next year. You're gonna have a payroll that is insane. Like <laughs> you are going to have the probably the highest payroll in the NBA next year. Now, I mean. Don't get me wrong, if I'm the owner of the Boston Celtics, I'm like, I don't care because I'm sitting there and Davis, we're going to win a championship, and I'm keeping Jason Tatum, I don't give a fuck. Um, but it's it's a lot easier to say from our perspective than from the actual owner's perspective um, that, like, that's what they would do. Like So that's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of more of what I had in mind. But, yeah, I mean, if, if, and that's the thing, if, if you were – if you're in New Orleans and you don't have to take on Horford's contract, which, like, Al Horford's great, and he would be essentially – he would only have one more year in his deal. Um, but that one more year would be like $31, $32 million. Um, so if, if you could avoid that, you could take on Jalen Brown. Marcus Morris is an expiring deal. Um, you, don't, you don't really need Marcus Morris, but at the same time, like, it, it would make the money work. I'd rather have Baines, honestly, probably, um, just to get a center – um, and they they make about the same amount of money. That would probably work out better for Boston too, because Marcus Morris can probably play next to him better. But anyway, one of those two guys, um, and Marcus Smart, who you know, um, I don't know. I I have this thing about Marcus Smart. I I really like Marcus Smart, but I think Marcus Smart is really good because he plays in Boston. Um, like on paper and in a hypothetical speech, like he would be great next to Drew Holiday. Um, they, I mean, defensively, they would be fucking fantastic. Um, but I don't know. There's something about it. I don't. I don't really like. I, maybe because neither one of them really is a go-to uh, distributor. They both kind of like to play off ball. 
Um, whereas I think like maybe Rozier would, would fit a little better in that sense. And he's also like pretty good defensively um, and just has better starting quality. Um, but like, like you said, if you, if, if I'm not only getting the Memphis pick, but I'm also getting Sacramento and maybe the Clippers pick, I, something to consider. I don't know. I think ultimately I would still be like, I want Tatum because Tatum is just, he's going to be a superstar. <clears throat> and that's the thing. If I'm giving up a superstar, I want a guy who I like am fairly confident is going to be a superstar. And as good as Jalen Brown is, and as much as I love him, uh, he's not a superstar. He's Jimmy Butler light. Um, whereas Jason Tatum is just, his ceiling is so fucking high. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, but I, I think I will say this to our viewers. I think the point that both Luke and I are illustrating with each of these trade proposals is the Celtics have the most um, assets at their disposal if an Anthony Davis trade goes down. So clutch sports or no clutch sports um, doesn't fucking matter. If Anthony Davis hits the market, the Celtics are probably going to get him. Um, like that's that's just the way it is. Uh, the only reason the Celtics won't get him is essentially if they decide they don't want him uh, because, to me, that's the only thing that could prevent them from doing it. There is some version of some trade that Danny Ainge could work out to where he would be comfortable giving up whatever he gave up to get Anthony Davis, uh, and it would be better than anything L.A. could offer, and there is no other team on the radar who could offer anything better than those two teams. So... Uh, long story short, um, when Anthony Davis hits the trade market, uh, he's going to be a Boston Celtic. Sorry, Joel. That's just the way it is, man. <laughs> just the, the writing on the wall. I just call it like I see it. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's jump. Let's get one more topic in. Um, Joel, I'm going to let you decide what's our last topic. Do you want to talk about Anthony Davis and Julius Randle pairing up? Do you want to talk about Ennis Cantor praising K- KD? Or do you want to talk about Damian Lillard uh, trolling the media. Let's talk about Canner real quick. All right. All right. Surprise, surprise there. I got to talk. Well, I'm done talking about Anthony. I wouldn't mind talking about Anthony Davis, but we spent like another 20 minutes doing that. So I'll be talking, <laughs> we did. talking more about him. Um, <laughs> we did. We did. Expected. <laughs> All right. Fair um, enough. Well, let me me get – are you going to give the run-in? No, go ahead. You give it. Oh, that's right. We didn't even explain what the hell he did. If you you want to explain it, you can go explain it. All right, all right. So, basically, he recently gave some praise to KD in what I would call an obvious attempt to draw him to the Knicks next offseason. He's been kind of one of the most outspoken critics against Durant since his departure from OKC. Um, Like, basically talking shit about him. He even released a video. um, Basically, like, you know, when he got traded to New York, saying, like, I understand, Mm -hmm. no hard feelings, just go beat Golden State, Um, you know, and all that jazz. Um, But uh, anyway, what are your thoughts on this kind of pivot? In uh, him, uh, uh, you like that? You like that Ralph reference? Um, uh, 
No, not really. Okay, well. No, no, I like um, my friends. Dude. I got it. All right, all right, cool. Um, but yeah, what what are your thoughts on on Cantor? Basically, um, kind of pulling a one eighty here, and uh, you know, basically, um, you know, metaphorically stroking KD. <laughs> First of all, Ennis, you gotta like slow down a little bit. You're you're trying too hard now. You know. On the court, mm-hmm. you're always trying to fight everybody, but on the off season, you want to be everybody's buddy just to try to learn them in. But no, don't do that, man. Don't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. You got to keep that hard, hard body exterior. I mean, even in the off season, I don't want to hear that bullshit. I know you want to try to lure people in, lure the right people in. Okay, look, Katie is not a bad choice, obviously. Um, but I don't I don't like that sucking up the players thing. I just never have anybody. I just not a big fan of that ever. He did it. I know he did it with LeBron too. I thought it was pretty funny because she treated it more as a joke anyway. But still, I right that that time it, it seemed more of a joke, right? Like right. I saw it that way too. Like you really want to be the king of New York? Well, then come to New York. Like I I felt like he was kind of trolling what LeBron was saying because that's what he does to LeBron. This doesn't seem like right. that though. Right, it doesn't, and that's why it bothers me a little bit. Because look, look, I I have mixed feelings about Kevin Durant right now. I wouldn't be upset at all if he showed up, but at the same time, I'm a little bit upset. I'm not a fan of his right now, so I just kind of don't want to be like an ally to him. So I, I'm not trying to alert anybody here that did what he did. So it's like I don't know if you have that that I don't know. I just something about it. I just I'm still bitter about that shit. Like I don't want to beat you. I don't want to be with you, type of thing. But if he wants to come, I'm not gonna tell him no. But at the same time, I ain't gonna go out there and try to like recruit the motherfucker too. And I, I just relax, Ennis. Like, like I, I love Ennis. He's great. But dude, sometimes you just gotta keep shush, shush. You're training. You're doing well, good out there. You look good out there. And the funny thing is, is like if. Like, in order to make max cap space next season for a guy like Kevin Durant, they have to let Ennis Cantor go. <laughs> like, so what are, right. you, what are you doing, Ennis? He's like, like, he, he's like almost like, five for the vet minimum. Just let it end. Let's see, do it. <laughs> nah, you, you know what I think it is? I think, no, nah, he, he don't want the vet minimum. He, want, he wants no. KD to sign there so, okay, she can go win a championship. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's still got those ties to OKC, man. He's like, man, that's he leaves Golden State. Like, OKC must finally win. Like, hey, and he's right. Like, sure. that that would sure. certainly well, help, have a chance, help their odds. The very least. Yeah, yeah, it would help their odds tremendously. Definitely. Uh, but anyway, um, Luke, what are your thoughts on uh, Cantor? Uh, basically, like, you know, praising KD and and you know, I guess whatever attempt. Uh, you might think it is, but basically saying he would like to see him play for the Knicks. I mean, I think he plays them in a good way, but you also got to, like, people got to remember, Ennis Kanter played with Kevin Durant at Oklahoma City. It's not like with LeBron, they never played together, and so you saw that, that, like, you know, is he trolling him, is he not trolling him, is he really wanting him to come? Like, they kind of played together, so it's not like, you know, he just doesn't know who Kevin Durant is. And I've always kind of felt like, I mean, I know – you, Joel, and Juwan are fixated on you guys are going to get Curry, but I do think that your best – you might get Kevin Durant over everyone else. I just think just a lot of things point to it. Um, so, uh, Rich Paul is in his agent. It's actually Rock Nation, which, I mean, come on. Uh, Rich uh, Klein is definitely a Knicks fan. So, 
I think he could go to the Knicks. Now, the money thing is funny because, yeah, you're right. He, they would definitely probably have to get rid of Ennis Kanter unless they did some Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway fleecing on some team. But I, I don't see them doing that. But Sacramento! I do think Kevin, <laughs> do think Kevin Durant might end up on the Knicks, and I think it would be fun. I mean, he could really re like, I know you, you had that bad taste to well, like what he did, but I think he could really – Reamp a a franchise that hasn't been there in so long, and there's only three people that can switch to any team and make a team compete instantly, and that's LeBron James. I, I don't even know three. I think it's just two now. It's just LeBron James and Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant can hop mm-hmm. on that team. You slide Kristoff to the five, and he plays the three, and um, the guy you just uh, Kevin Knox is at the four. I mean, that's solid. I mean, you're going to have to figure out a point guard, but that's a really solid in the Thank East. That's a solid three right there. So, I I do think it. I mean, Ennis Kanter's giving a praise. Just, you know, I mean, it, why not? I mean, no one else is trying to woo him on the Knicks. I haven't seen anyone on the Knicks. I mean, Kristoff, I mean, he's doing his own thing right now, but, I mean, has anyone ever been really vocal? When When's the last time, Joel, you guys have had a vocal player trying to recruit people? I don't think I've ever really I like seen it. I mean, I know it's not the, the, the norm, and it, but it's kind of been the way of the NBA the last four years is you try to get your players to openly recruit. I mean, I wasn't a big fan when Isaiah Thomas always used to do it, but I still like that Isaiah was literally trying to recruit anyone and everyone, and I was always down. I was like, thank you for trying to get, you know, the Celtics better and all that and try to recruit these people. So that is a good thing that at least someone on the Knicks is like, hey, you know, we are. We could be a good organization. Come over here, revamp New York. You're playing. I mean, you guys always say it. I mean, it's the mecca. So why not try to get that team relevant again? I mean, when are they? The last time the computer was in the '90s and all that in the late '90s. Does uh, I do think Kevin Durant might actually end up in the Knicks over any free agent next year? In my opinion. Uh, uh, by the way, competed long term. Okay. Competed long term. They had that one year <laughs> in the 2000s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah, just answered that for you, Joel. I don't, didn't want you to to get to get hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. it was. Uh, we had a nice run that one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did um, have three years in a row. We were in the playoffs, though. We did. Yeah, we yeah. There. We were there. <laughs> but no, I get, I get what you're saying, Luke. Um, I just, my thing is like, is Cantor that guy that you would want to be doing that? And my other last point, we're gonna have to wrap it up here. Um, but honestly, like. When like the whole recruiting thing, it works better behind the scenes. Like when you can actually talk yeah. to the guy. Like like none of that whole recruiting KD to Golden State happened like in the yeah, public in eye. Public. Like it all happened no, behind yeah, yeah. the scenes, and then he ended up there, and then mm-hmm. we heard about it. You know, so it's like, is this even going to be effective? I don't know. I doubt it. Um, it or at the very Smart. least, this ain't gonna be what makes KD like take that you know, that second look at, at New York or whatever. Um, I, I just don't see it having, you know, any significance. So ultimately I got to say, I agree with you on that, Joel. Like Cantor, just, just, just chill out. Like go chill out with Jason Concepcion uh, on, on NBA desktop mm-hmm. and, you know, like, um, <laughs> like go on about how you, how you don't curse and 
you know, <laughs> keep up with your trash talking because that's awesome because we love that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it looks fun show, it. guys. This was uh, this was yeah. a very fun show. I had a, had a great time. I'm glad we uh, we got to do it uh, this week, um, and I got to get it in before my trip. And thanks, Luke, by the way, joining us on his vacation in Boston. Bra, bra, that's right. Trout, man. That's hey, fucking awesome. appreciate y'all having me again. It's been a while. I need to get back on it. I need. I love talking basketball, and I miss it too much. Indeed, sir. Indeed, All right, join us next week. We'll be on at some point. Geek Vibes Live this Sunday. Until then, peace. Peace out, y'all.